I'm Dave, the Bionic Blogger. And this is AM Podcast. Hey, Dave. Happy November. Man, we're into the 11th month. I know. I know. If you get the newsletter, which if you don't subscribe, www.amppod.com slash subscribe, uh, you would know that we are already five-sixths of the way through the year. Yeah. At times, it felt like this year was um, about 50 months long, and at other times, it feels like it's been about three. Yes, yes. Well, if you think that it was just, what, 10 months ago now that, that we launched the website and started really consolidating all of our tools, you know, it's it's been a fun year so far. So, And it's not over yet. Absolutely not. Still two full months to go. Exactly. So last month, we introduced a new opportunity on our website, and it was the first Amped Army poll. Yes. Uh, we were ex- This was an idea. Yeah, this was an idea that Peggy and I talked about for some time, and we thought that trying to get direct input from all of you about issues that would be relevant to the community would be a smart thing to do. Exactly. So, but of course, we always welcome emails as well. Ampedpod at gmail dot com. How do you like that plug as well? Um, so we do have we did have the poll up all of October on our website. You actually do have to scroll down on our homepage a little bit to get it if you're watching if you're looking at it on desktop or on mobile. But it's there. Um, and in this podcast, we're going to review the results, discuss them, and we're going to unveil our November question. Yes. So we don't have a drum roll for that, unfortunately. I know but we yeah, should. We have other effects. Well, we can work on it. So, just to refresh everybody's memory, um, our question for October was: What was what is your biggest concern that you have about your health care insurance? Let me word it exactly the way that we have it on the poll. I'm sorry, my screen just blacked out. What is the biggest concern you have about your health insurance is how it was worded. And there were three options. A, monthly premiums or out-of-pocket expenses. B, whether your prosthetist is in-network. Or C, your prosthetic claim getting denied. That's correct. You've read the question perfectly. I did, the second time. It, you know, this, this fallback, spring-forward thing... I know everybody was all excited last night going to bed, psyched that they were going to have, you know, this extra hour of sleep. And when you have a toddler in the house, it does not translate. All it means is that he got me up at 3.30 instead of 4.30 because he didn't know that we fell back. Yeah. You know, my wife went on a kind of a harangue yesterday about the fact that daylight savings is a big sham. She said, you don't get an extra hour of sleep. She says that's not what it means. <laughs> she says it just means you wake up an hour earlier <laughs> if you if you wake up at the normal time. Exactly, and it was dark for a lot longer. So I I'm dragging a little bit, and I tried to explain to him that you know this was this was our special day because we were allowed to sleep longer, but it did not translate at all. You should have told him it was a special day because we had a podcast that we were going to record and you needed your sleep so you could talk coherently. Exactly. Maybe I'll try that next week. <laughs> I'm sure it would have resonated with Exactly. <laughs> so do you want to talk about the, the – go through the first result? I would love to. Um, so the first result was uh, less than 5% of respondents believed that their biggest issue was whether their prosthetist is in-network. 
So um, it was obviously, it's a concern for some. It was not the overwhelming concern of those who took the poll. Uh, possible reasons are that, you know, the majority of prosthetists participate in most major health networks. So it's not that big of an issue for most people. Or the people who took the poll have already selected their prosthetist and they are already selected somebody who's in network. So it could be that these people who answered our poll this month are not actively seeking prosthetic care or they've already done that. So kind of that issue is no longer of a main concern for them. Yeah, could be that essentially that, uh, you know, most people who are who have prosthetists already have skewed the results essentially by trying to select someone who's in network or alternatively making the decision that they're going to go out of network and being comfortable with it. Right. And, and I think that that's probably more the case. Um, so that even though it does not appear to be a huge issue for people right now, it is something that you need to stay on top of as your plan changes. Um, you want to always make sure that your prosthetic provider is in network. You don't want to say, do you take blank insurance? Okay. You want to say, are you an in-network provider for my insurance? Kind of a different than semantics, but it really is a completely different question. And we did review that in a previous podcast. Yeah. And the reason that's important is because if you say, do you take my insurance? The answer is yes, I take your insurance. I, I may take it out of network in which case your cost sharing will be much higher. So asking the question specifically as to whether or not you're an in-network provider will give you the information you need to understand whether, in fact, it's an in- or out-of-network benefit. There you go. The more you know. (laughs) Please, the more you know. All right. Number two answer uh, related to monthly premiums. So the the thing that people were uh, second most concerned about were their monthly premiums out of pocket costs. And this was a little over 30% of the respondents falling into this category. Um, Now, I was looking actually, Peggy, at some some data just to try to quantify how this has changed um, over the last several years. And not surprisingly to most people who have health insurance, um, trends for both premiums and out-of-pocket costs have gone upwards over time. Um, And there's actually a fairly recent report out from the Kaiser Family Foundation, and I actually link to it in the podcast summary. So if you want to see that report, you can go to the podcast summary and click right through. But employer coverage premiums were up 3% in 2017. So for family plan, that means premiums now are averaging almost $19,000 a year. Um, interestingly, however, the overall, c- the, the curve, if you looked at this over time, so sort of the, 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 the curve on a graph has flattened out considerably over the last five years. So over the last five years, uh, since 2012, it's gone up 19%. But in the five years before that, premiums went up 30%. And in the five years before that, premiums went up 51%. So if you look at what's happened, costs have flattened out somewhat. There are a variety of, uh, of reasons for that, but um, you know they, they could range from uh, economic reasons, what's happening in the broader economy, uh, the economy being better, uh, all the way to the fact that the Affordable Care Act went into effect over the last five years. Uh, and that had an impact on healthcare costs um, as well. Um, exchange premiums, on the other hand, 
in 2017 are up 20% on average. So if you've been following the news about the healthcare exchanges um, and uh, the, quote, instability of the exchanges in the under the Affordable Care Act, uh, that has resulted in a much steeper increase in premiums due to the uncertainty in those markets. Um, one other thing to note about monthly premiums and out-of-pocket costs, just from a data standpoint, Peggy, uh, there are big differences between large and small employers. So large employers insure 71% of working Americans, and those workers are paying about $5,200 for family coverage. Uh, small insurers cover the remaining roughly 29%, and those workers are paying almost $6,900. So if you're in a small employer plan, you're going to pay over $1,500 a year more for your insurance out of pocket than you will if you're with a big insurer or with a big employer, uh, simply because the, the larger employers tend to cover more of the costs. Um, and also average family deductibles are almost twice as high at small companies than at large ones. So where you work is going to have a pretty significant impact on what your costs end up being. Exactly. And, and just, uh, to, jump back to the exchange prices if you're on social media at all you don't even have to turn on the news to know that exchange premiums have gone up because there's a lot of people talking about it on their their facebook statuses as they're going through because it is open enrollment uh, on the exchange healthcare.gov if you are in the market and Get your health care through the exchange. Open enrollment is now through December 15th. So we encourage you to do that as well. Yeah. And one thing, it, this was in the newsletter, Peggy, that we pushed out on Friday. Um, it's important for you to take a real close look when you're, if you're looking for a plan on the exchange, um, you've got to look beyond just what the monthly premium is because the premiums are are one half of the equation. The other question is, do you qualify for a subsidy? And so if your premiums went up, let's say 20%, it's very likely if you qualify for a subsidy that your subsidy may have gone up by that amount as well. The net impact to you may actually be net neutral when you uh, actually take a look at how the subsidies uh, support the, the premium payments. So again, the premiums may have gone up, but if your subsidies go up an equal amount, then you're going to be okay. Um, where the exchange plans really are going to take a, take a piece out of people financially is for people who do not qualify for subsidies. And, and in the newsletter, I wrote about a friend of mine who does, uh, he's an independent contractor and does professional work and makes good money doing it um, over six figures a year. He's way beyond the subsidy line. And as a result, he's got to absorb that cost out of pocket. And his premiums went up over $300 a month. So pretty significant increase. He has no subsidy to offset that. So make sure that you don't just sort of shut down when you see that your premium is higher. Make sure you go through the steps to see how, uh, how potential qualification for subsidies actually ends up impacting that premium payment. Good advice. Um, so the result of the poll is that more than 65% of our respondents' biggest concern is their prosthetic claim getting denied. Uh, Dave, I am not surprised by that at all 
That is one of the main questions that we receive through AMPT. That's one of the main issues that I hear through my personal blog. That's one of the main things that people chat about through social media is frustrations with their claims getting denied and all of the red tape that, that you know... We're, we're disabled by the fact that we, we lost a limb and then we're further disabled by all the red tape and constraints that we have by our insurance companies. And sometimes it just becomes infuriatingly frustrating. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal. I mean, it, this it feels like third parties screwing with your life. <laughs> exactly. In, in, to put it bluntly, that's that's what an insurance denial feels like when oh, you're, I, when I, you're on I end of it. I jokingly tell people that I really, and I believe it, you know, when I'm 85 or 90, I'm going to be going for a new foot and I'm going to have an insurance adjuster look at me and ask me, you know, if, if I really think that I'm going to be around in the next three years to justify having a prosthetic. I mean, that's that's how callous it has become. Certainly, it can be that way. Um, I would like to think that um, by the time you're in your 90s, that we'll have a health system that's slightly more rational in a lot of ways, uh, chief among them the sort of uh, dignity with which the process works. But if it continues to go the way it's going, um, you're probably closer to the truth than I am. But um, – you know, you talk about the impact it has, Peggy, and I just got a call uh, late last week from an acquaintance of mine who, you know, is a, a super strong person, has achieved incredible things since uh, becoming an amputee, and is, you know, sort of the kind of positive and you know, never say die kind of attitude that you know I think most people. In the world at large, but even in, within the limb loss community, aspire to be like that. And as this person was talking through the challenges they were having, I, you, it was it was like you know hearing somebody just hit their head against a wall. It was it, they were so upset and so um, appropriately distraught about what was going on, and um, it's. You know, it's it's really disabling. I mean, you 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 fight through, you fight through the physical stuff, and you want access to the things you're not not even you want access. You need access for certain types of components. Uh, your doctor prescribes them. Your prosthetist documents why you need them, and then you've got uh, an insurance company saying, "No, you don't need that. You don't need this, that, or the other. I'm not going to pay for this," and it really knocks you back on your heels. It does. But there are some things you can do. We have developed an arsenal of tools to help individuals with their insurance claims. Uh, we have we have written mock um, letters. You know, mock. Uh, Dave, my mind has just gone completely <laughs> blank. I'm sorry. They're appeal templates. Thank you. Thank you. That is the word I was looking for. We have written mock appeal templates. We have a vast research index. We have tools that you can take to your doctor to make sure that you get your documentation correct the first time. 
Um, you're not alone in this battle. And sometimes just knowing that you're not alone can be powerful. And there are tools. We have invested a lot of time and a lot of ourselves into creating ways to help you win your appeals and get the devices that you need. Yeah, and I think one of one of the things that's really important when you're when you're feeling distraught, when you're feeling disabled by an insurance company sort of kicking you in the face, the best thing you can do is take the fight to them. And that doesn't mean go crazy, get hysterical. That means take charge of the situation, become an active participant in it. And Peggy, you saw it firsthand when you met you know, a multitude of people who came to you back in the summer uh, when you were at a conference and were telling you, I used the tool and it worked. I used this appeal template and it worked. And you could you could hear in, and see, you could hear and see it. I could even get it from some of the letters you were forwarding to me, the texts you were sending me, the the level of confidence and joy and um, the, the feeling of control that jumping on this and becoming part of the solution rather than just saying I'm a victim. Uh, it Pure was empowerment. It, yeah, empowerment. really empowering. So, and the tools are there to help you. They're on our website. We have a dedicated section. If you have any questions or need help with any of them, reach out to us. We will help you as much as we can. Ampedpod at gmail.com. Yeah, we're always willing to... Um, if you've got specific questions, please reach out to us and we can try to steer you in the right direction because that's something that we know is is an issue for so many people. Absolutely. Not surprised that this was the that this was the winner, Dave. No, I think I was surprised by how decisive a winner it was, but I'm not surprised that it was the most popular answer. Okay. So do we have a question for November set up? We do. We have a November question. And that right. question is, when getting prosthetic... Okay. Wait, no, that's... You don't like mine? No. We're going to go with... We'll try this again. And congratulations to the Houston Astros. No. Um, let's go forward. The question is, when getting prosthetic care, what is most important to you? Uh, A, being able to get an appointment with your prosthetist quickly. B, being seen on time by your prosthetist or not having to wait once at the clinic. C, how the prosthetist staff treats you before you're seen for care. So this is kind of, you know, obviously on the front end of the appointment process, a series of questions to try to get a handle on what are the most important things to you as you're trying to get in to be seen and as you hit the clinic. And maybe in, maybe next month we'll proceed forward a little bit sequentially and, uh, Ask some questions that are specific to the actual patient care experience. This one's this one's curious to me because I'm not the other one. I I kind of had more of a handle on what the winner was going to be. This one I'm kind of up in the air. So take your take the opportunity vo to vote, and we will be back in December with the results. Uh, but but please vote because we really are curious. This is a good question. Yeah, and it's. I think that unlike last month's question, I think that there, I don't think anyone answer just looking at the three. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to vote yet. I've got to, I've got to really think about this one. Yeah, that's a good question. 
it's a good it's a good conversation starter too. We encourage you know if you do run a support group, it might be good to throw out there and ask your support group members. I agree. All right. <laughs> Sorry for that pause. I, I didn't know if more was coming on your end. Nope, that's it. Okay. And once again, we want to remind everyone, you said it already, Peggy, but um, it bears repeating. The open enrollment period for individual health insurance through the exchanges is right now. It started on November 1st. It only runs till December 15th. So do not wait. If you wait, you're going to have problems. So get on it now. Uh, spread the word to friends and family who may be affected by this. Uh, make sure that people take advantage of the uh, of the opportunity to enroll in the exchanges. Continue to have health insurance. Um, if you have any questions about how to do that, go back and listen to episode fifty, and or download our podcast summary for episode fifty, which was how to enroll in the exchanges. Definitely, and make sure that you you know, do your homework, check with your prosthetist to make sure that they are an in-network provider with with whichever plan you are investigating. Absolutely. That is good advice. All right. I think we covered it, Dave. All right, Peggy. Have a good week. You too. Bye. Bye.